If not for the Lord, the devil, the roaring lion, would make quick meals of all of us. But each and every day, the Lord shuts the lion's mouth that he cannot devour us. Each and every day. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Nothing will test your faith like being thrown into a hungry lion's den. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Live Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us today. This time, we're continuing our series through the book of Daniel called Courageous Living. You know, it's one thing to say you're standing for God when everything is going well, but it's quite another thing to hold on to that resolve when you're about to be thrown into a den of hungry lions. But this is exactly what Daniel did. And once again, God wrought a mighty deliverance that shook an entire kingdom to its core. You don't want to miss this today because some of you are in your own type of lion's den for taking a stand for God. And if you're not, you sure may be one day and you're going to need what you're about to hear. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message in the lion's den. He began to turn on me. I was recording some news in a little um, recording studio. I did something wrong. I didn't know the equipment very well. I was brand new there. And he flipped on the speakers that filled this place. You could talk through a particular microphone and talk to anybody in any room. He turned them all on and he yelled at me and he cussed me out. I'm freaking. This is the former Christian DJ. And I realized he's walking in darkness and he does not like me. And he began to turn on me and he tried to take me down. Day by day, week by week, he worked to get me out of there. So what'd you do? I prayed until he stopped. I bound, I loosed, I fasted, I prayed until he stopped. And finally one day I just looked him in the eyeball, walked right up to him and said, clearly we have a problem. And I said, I want you to tell me what your problem with me is because this has to stop now. He walked away. He never said another word to me. After that, I started pastoring. Thank God I would never have made it in news. (laughs) I would have gotten fired every place I went because they wanted to angle everything towards a liberal viewpoint, but that's another story. Now, I'm just telling you that sometimes people will get you in their crosshairs. And the reason you think it is, is not what it really is. It's because there's jealousy, there's envy, there's resentment because God is on you and he's favoring you and he's promoting you and they don't like it. So you just shine them on, you smile, you pray for them, you bless them and you keep on going. Now, Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Paul, the apostle wrote, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will, everybody say will, be persecuted. That's a promise I don't want to claim, but it's there. The more godless a society becomes, the more they will persecute the godly. And that's why the godly are being persecuted in America now more and more because America is becoming more and more godless. 
But look at Daniel's bold response, verse 10. I love this. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, good things happen in the upper room. In his upper room, he threw the windows open towards Jerusalem. And he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Now read this last part with me. As was his custom since early days. He said, I don't care what you sign. I don't care what you decree. There is nothing and nobody that's going to stop me from seeking my God and petitioning my God and walking out my walk of faith. Nothing is going to stop me. I just had to write here behind any great man or woman, just like Daniel, you're going to find the habits that made them great. I call them holy habits. His habit was he got with God three times a day. Three times a day. He didn't care what was going on, what he had to walk away from. He went home and he got in that upper room and he let the whole world see. And he sought God three times a day. See, that's the hidden habit that made the man who the man was. See, I believe you've got bad habits or you've got holy habits. And either way, you can form a habit. It only takes doing something a few times for it to become a habit, good or bad. And so with Daniel, it was prayer. I can tell you just by the grace of God in my life, I get with God every morning and I've done it for years. I spend at least an hour with God and I go through the Bible in a year and I read that Bible and I pray and I will not go face the day until I do it. It's a holy habit that the Holy Ghost has established in my life. And it's carried me through so many things, so many things. I'm telling you the truth when I tell you the high point of my day is that time with God in the morning. The rest of the day is anticlimactical after that. I love that time with God because his word speaks to me and builds my faith and encourages me and gives me vision and gives me goals in life and explains God to me. Daniel said, not only will I not stop petitioning my God, but I'm going to open all the windows so you can see my strong stand. I'm going to make this a public deal. I'm not going to try to hide. I think of Jesus' words from the Sermon on the Mount here. Don't hide your light, he said. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see. I love the way that's written. Can we say that together? Let your good deeds glow for all to see. Isn't that good? And what happens when your good deeds glow, they will praise your heavenly father. His accusers, when they saw him praying, immediately ratted him out. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and they spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast in the den of lions? And the king answered and said, the thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Now they're about to spring the trap. And they're going to tell him why they did it. So they answered and said before the king, verse 13, that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but he makes his petition three times a day. He's a fanatic. And you know what happened to this poor king? His heart was so grieved. You know why? Because he loved Daniel. He knew the value of this man. And he realized he had fallen for a trap. 
Verse 14, the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with who? Himself. Isn't it tough when you're going through a terrible thing and you know you did it to you? That's the worst kind of trial. This isn't somebody else doing this to me. I did this to me. I brought this on myself. The king, he's kicking himself. How could I have been so dumb? And I totally agree with him. So he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And look, he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. Darius had been trapped by his own words. He reminds me of Herod, who promised with an oath his adulterous wife's daughter, Herodias, you remember, the sensual dancer, who had just danced sensually before Herod. And he was so caught up in his lust, he made a stupid promise. Whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. Now, here's another one. Stupid. Because you've got to understand the context. of His stepdaughter is the dancer. And he's lusting right in front of her mama and everybody in the room. And he's so caught up in lust, whatever you want. He says to a teenage sensual girl, Whatever you ask, I'll give you half the kingdom. Everybody say right stupid on his forehead. She came back and said she wanted, and she shocked him. She wanted the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Oh, my Lord. You talk about macabre. You know what I've noticed? Often sensuality and violence go hand in hand. Because when you give in to sensuality, you're giving in to the flesh, and the flesh can do anything if you give it the opportunity. You, you, I, any of us can do anything if we got in the flesh. But often because you give in in that one realm, it opens up the other realm, and often really sensual, hedonistic people end up in violence. Just something I've observed. And so here's this little teenage girl who comes back and asks a monstrous request. Give me the head of John the Baptist, and don't just bring it to me holding him by his hair. I want it on a platter to mock him. And Herod had to do it. And Herod did it. John the Baptist lost his life for preaching against sin. I wonder how many preachers would be in trouble for doing that these days. We don't talk about sin. We don't talk about hell. We don't talk. We just want to make everybody happy. Jesus didn't. Herod was greatly distressed and so was Darius. Because both of them bound themselves with the words of their mouth. Darius was weakened by pride and Herod by sensuality. King Darius worked all day long to find a loophole in Persian law that would deliver Daniel, but he couldn't find it. And so Daniel's accusers smelled blood. Verse 15, then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians. No decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. They knew that he regretted it, and so they're reminding him, you can't change it. Because you can't change the law of the Medes and Persians. You're trapped by the words of your mouth, king. You're going to have to follow through. Verse 16, one of the hardest moments in Darius' life. The king gave the command, and they brought Daniel, the greatest man in the world of that day. The greatest man in the world. And they brought Daniel, and they threw him into the den of lions. But look at the king spoke, saying to Daniel, "Uh, your God, whom you serve continually, he'll deliver you. 
See ya. But you know, it was sort of a word of faith. He actually said, I can't say that I believe in your God, Daniel, I don't walk with your God, but I'm going to believe that your God is going to do a miracle because I really like you. Now, I notice here he's thrown into this den of lions, which was a cave that went down into like a pit. And I see similarities here of what happened to Jesus when he was put into Joseph's tomb. It says in verse 17, look at the similarities. Still talking about Daniel. Then a stone was brought. Isn't that amazing? And laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of his lords that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. The Romans did the same thing with Jesus. They rolled a great stone to cover his tomb, and they sealed it with the Roman seal. Same thing. Jesus' body was dead, but Daniel was as good as dead, barring God's deliverance. And Jesus would be resurrected from death, and Daniel was resurrected in a type in that he was delivered from the lions and walked out of a stone cave. Now let me just pause a moment and try putting ourselves in Daniel's shoes. Knowing where he was going, I want you to notice, he did not even slightly relent. He didn't say, now wait a minute, Darius, let's talk about this. No. We don't hear one word from him. Not a word. And this lion's den, folks, was the worst of deaths, just like the worst death in Jesus' day was the cross. This lion's den was typically filled with lions that had been intentionally left hungry for this type of execution. Can you imagine going this way? It's dark. It stinks. You hear them. You smell them. They throw you in and all of a sudden it's totally dark because they've rolled a stone over and you know that right beneath you are hungry, ravenous lions. And you're going down. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery oven, if God didn't come through, it was over. Now let me just apply this to you and me. There's trials we all walk through. Truthfully, that if not for God, it'd be the end of us. How many of you can say, if God hadn't come through for me? There's been times if he hadn't come through for me. Come on, everybody. If God hadn't come through, I wouldn't be here tonight. How many of you can honestly say that? Give the Lord a hand of praise because it's really true. It's really true. You and I both know that there were times if God hadn't come through, this is the last place we'd be. We'd be dead. We'd be deep in sin. We'd be in jail. We'd be miserable. We'd be out there if God hadn't come through. David said, I would have fainted if I hadn't believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So we see that all night long, Darius was miserable. Now the king, verse 18, went to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. He's such a perfect picture of a person that makes a bad decision. You ever made a bad decision and you can't sleep at night? You can't eat. You can't turn on the music that usually puts you to sleep. You roll and roll around in satin sheets, but you can't sleep in those satin sheets. Because you made a bad decision and your conscience is eating you alive. His sleep went from him. Darius could not wait for the first glimmer of dawn. Verse 19. Then the king arose very early in the morning, went in haste to the den of lions. 
And when he came to the den, I can just picture him. I know his voice was quaking and quivering. He cried with a lamenting voice to Daniel, hoping against hope that he heard something back. He said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lion's pregnant pause? And then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Read the next part with me, everybody. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Mm -mm. Now, I like this. So that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And, O king, I haven't done anything wrong before you. This was a miraculous deliverance. Every bit as dramatic as that of the three Hebrew children being delivered from the burning fiery oven. That doesn't happen. They were walking around in the midst of fire. Daniel had an angel sent. And the way he says it, I believe he saw him. He sent his angel. And his angel just shut their mouth so that they haven't laid a fang on me or a claw. The three Hebrew children testified the same thing. God sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And that angel, the fourth man, was seen even by Nebuchadnezzar. He was seen as well. Notice that in both cases, everybody, God didn't deliver them from the trial of the lions or the oven, but delivered them in the trial of the lions and the oven. You know, I wish God, I've wished so many times he would pull me out of a trial. Just come, just take me out of it. But 95% of the time, he has chosen to walk me through it and deliver me in it so that I come out the other side going, wow, I made it. And not even the smell of smoke on you. That's just the way God does it. Now, Darius was thrilled, and I would imagine that Daniel's persecutors were looking at them like a deer staring at headlights. They're thinking, oh my gosh, this has totally backfired. He's alive. There's not a scratch on him. But they didn't know what was about to come. Look at verse 23. The king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God. Notice he was brought up out of the den because he had been thrown down into the den, which was a terrible pit. And I thought of David in Psalms 40. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings and put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Now, here's where it gets real. You better watch out who you persecute. better watch out what traps you lay for others. Look what happens. At this point in the story, Darius wheels around and casts his eyes on the men who have manipulated him into signing this ominous decree. I think they are thinking, uh uh-oh, uh-oh. Look at verse 24. It's really grim. And the king gave the command. And they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions. Uh Uh-oh, and their children and their wives. Look how bad it was. The lions overpowered them, broke all their bones in pieces before they hit the bottom. 
Those lions were hungry. They'd been staring at a man all night and couldn't do anything about it. Right? So it's like, we're hungry. And all of a sudden, here comes all these people. Look how hungry these lions were. And this tells us the miracle of the angels shutting their mouths really was. Because that's how hungry they were. They fell upon these people and devoured them before their bodies hit the bottom. All I can say to this is, if not for the Lord, the devil, the roaring lion, would make quick meals of all of us. But each and every day, the Lord shuts the lion's mouth that he cannot devour us. Each and every day. I thought of Paul when he said, and the Lord delivered me from the mouth of the lion. Paul the apostle said that. So we are delivered daily. The story ends with Darius experiencing a moment of conversion because what he says right here is such an incredible, it'll preach. I can preach it. He is preaching. He's telling us some things about God that are powerful. So let's read out loud these last verses. Are you ready? To all peoples, nations, and languages, well, in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. Now look what he says about God. Ready? For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one that shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. Now, let's don't quit here. Let's don't quit here. It gets better. Verse 27, come on. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Give God praise. Well, I think of Peter's description of the devil being a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I'm encouraged that God can shut his mouth as well. If you're in your own kind of lion's den today, take some encouragement from our message that God is on your side and he's fighting for you. It may look bad right now, but he's able to bring a victory in the end. Trust him and hold tight to your confession. Now, don't touch that dial just yet because we've got some things we want to share with you that I believe are going to be a blessing. And until next time, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
and you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. In the Lion's Den is the sixth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13-CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping. By logging on to LiveTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.